folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you're listening to the podcast Small Package. Give me a hold, buddy. Yes, it's episode 70 of the Small Package Show, and it's delightful. Right, Bob? Yes, we're good. All right, hit him with a Bobby Small Package Show. Small Package! Shortest intro we've ever done. Na, 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 na. Yeah. See, I knew that you didn't get enough of your musical chops in, in the intro, so I knew you'd be bringing it over to the main show. Did you know that? I did. Did you know that? Well, that's my point, is that usually you're, the intro is where you get to showcase. Nice shot, Nico. Usually, <laughs> we got friend of the show, Nico Alfonso here. Friend of the show. 17. So if you hear button mashing, you... You guys are used to this by this point. The quality of this podcast recorded in my living room. Talking about wrestling. I'll talk about your wrestling. Yeah, dude. We're going to evolve tonight. We are going to see live action wrestle talk. Tonight is Evolve 96? Yes, 96. Hi. It's going to be dope. AF. It is out here in Corona. Which is pretty close to where we are. Yeah. I mean, relatively. Um, and William Regal is going to be there. The William Regal, who apparently will have a live mic and uh, will be ready to use it whenever he sees fit during the show. Really? Uh, in case you're wondering what that could even possibly mean. No idea. Uh, the last time he appeared at an Evolve show, he gave a uh, WWE contract to current superstar Tony Nice. Nice. So uh, we might see a big signing. There's also there's also some dirty dirt sheet speculation, uh, and I and again this is from some of the dirtiest of the dirt sheets. So take this with a, dirty, not a grain of salt. Take this with a shaker of salt. Shaker of salt. Uh, dirty. There is word on the street that there's also the possibility that he's coming to announce that WWE has acquired Evolve. That could be a. Big possibility, and, and that would be what a what a twist. that would be what an interesting situation we would find ourselves in. Um, so there's this word on the street that WWE has acquired Evolve. This is where they're making the announcement, and that they intend to because remember next week they're putting NXT on Wednesday on USA. So some dirt sheets are saying that there's a chance that Wednesday. Uh, would be the new time slot on USA for NXT uh-huh. and that Evolve would take NXT's spot on the network. I, 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 NXT would still be on the network for people who want to watch it on the network. Um, not like a Raw and SmackDown situation where there's a huge delay, but that it would be on USA first and then on the network the day after and that Evolve would take NXT's spot on the network as the live Wednesday show or live mm. or live someday of the week showing. So that could be interesting if that goes through. But that's all speculation. Very much speckles. It could be very interesting if it does go through. And remember, if you're going to tonight's Evolve show 
or an Evolve show in the future. Hashtag ad real quick. Make sure to use promo code WRESTLE at checkout on TicketFly.com. That is promo code WRESTLE, W-R-E-S-T-L-E, for 10% off your Evolve ticket purchase. And it also gives a little kickback to us for the show. For the show. So make sure to check that out. And it saves you some cash. Yes, it does. All right, everybody. That's 10%, right? Yes. 10% off. Uh, all right, everybody. Let's get into Raw. Let's get into it. So biggest things to talk about from Raw. Uh, Jason Jordan's heel turn is is very imminent. Eminent. Um, he is doing it right, TBQH. Um, he came out and, you know, got in Kurt's face. And, uh, you know, he, he wants his shot at Roman in the IC title. Roman comes out and lays into him uh, about getting handed these opportunities. Jordan got some clap back with, you want to talk about handed opportunities, you know, so he kind of went a little meta with the whole push Roman thing. Uh, Samoa Joe comes out and in an interesting, an interesting situation. And, uh, you know, listening to Alvarez and Melter talk about this was, was interesting <coughs> because, in California, knowing that Joe was going to get the biggest pop, a lot of what happened made sense. <coughs> um, but outside of California, it kind of looked like Roman was a douchebag because, you know, Jordan got one up on Roman. Then Samoa Joe. Or I'm sorry, take that back. Jordan got saved Roman from Joe. And then uh, Roman hit Jordan for what he had done to him earlier. So Joe put put Roman in the coquina clutch. Jordan saved him. And then Roman laid out Jordan. Uh-huh. Now Jordan had caught Roman off guard with a suplex earlier, which is part of why Roman was so pissed at Jordan. But to many at home, it looked like, oh, hey, uh, you know, it looked like Roman got saved by Jordan and then he rewarded him for the save by hitting him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Meltzer pointed out that because Jordan had hit Joe and they were in California and Joe's very over in California, that it would give Roman a little bit of, you know, a pop for hitting Jordan and say, and, and getting revenge for Joe seemingly as little sense as that makes. Okay. And Alvarez said the same thing I feel, which is that makes no fucking sense. (laughs) Meltzer. I understand you're talking about, you know, how this booking would go over live and how WWE would view how it go over live, but that makes no sense. Most of their viewers are not in that arena. Most of their viewers are at home. And it just looked like Roman was kind of a douchebag for hitting the guy who just made the save. Regardless of whether or not that guy hit him earlier, the most recent thing he had done was save him. So I don't know. A little confusing there. But we got Jordan versus Roman. And that went about how you you would expect. Uh A decent match. They gave him time. They gave a lot of people time tonight uh, on the the card. Yeah. Uh, Which was good. 
Yeah. Um, they had like what fifteen, maybe twenty minutes for that Roman match, probably. And, and I mean, they it went over well. Yeah, no, they they they've had a match before. Uh, as we are all made aware, that just having a match with Roman and Cena is yes. like such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Jordan can go in the ring. It's just a lot of people kind of hate it. Yeah. And I think that he, he's really primed right now for a good heel run. Um, a lot of heat in the crowd. Uh-huh. And, and when you're coming out there and, and Roman is getting cheers because of it. Right. Then. You got heat. Uh, we had Paige's first match in, what, like a year? Or more? It's been a long time. It's a, it's her first in-ring match in a long time. She fights Sasha Banks with Alexa Bliss on commentary. Uh-huh. Uh, again, solid match. That gave him a good amount of time. It felt like maybe 10, 15 minutes. It's a long match. Uh, and Paige won with the Rampage. Yeah. Um, which I think is the correct call. I think that if Paige yeah, is I just Yeah, I mean, back, having her come back and then fucking lose, that's... Right. I don't know if I'd have it against Sasha, but it's sure. not like Sasha's been that dominant sure lately sonya and mandy then came in and uh beat up uh, uh sasha uh-huh. and Paige's hands were raised okay <clears throat> so it was another cool and i think that Paige's group uh, which they're calling absolution absolution uh so far going over very well i mean mandy rose is great Paige is great and sonya deville i have to say while being the most generic of the three uh so far, her limited time on the mic has not been bad. It's not been great, but it's not been bad. And she does a convincing job when it comes to the beating up stuff. So maybe it's a brawn kind of situation where you just limit her mic time for the time being. Keep it to very short, yeah, I'm going to kick your ass kind of quotes. Uh, and let her keep fighting. So far, so good for the new women in Raw. Yeah. I mean, but we'll get to <laughs> what's her name. Pentatucky over in uh, SmackDown. Uh, Kurt Angle gets a text and Elias comes and uh, tells him that he's sick and tired of him playing favorites with his bastard son. Moving on. Uh, So we get a video uh, about Kane and Strowman. Enzo is backstage talking. There's only one monster in the WWE. Apparently. Uh, so we get Zoe talking to the Zoe train. Uh, uh, he he talks about how Tony Nese and Drew Gulak have the opportunity of a lifetime tonight. Yeah. Um. So uh, this segment was fine. The beginning of it was just a tri- a very typical, you know, Enzo talking to them and saying, "Hey, do you guys want the opportunity tonight? You know, they can if they win, they can beat Rich Swan. Uh, then you know." have an opportunity at the title. So he's like, don't prove that you're losers. Um, and so everything is wrapping up in this little backstage promo when out of nowhere, Nia Jax walks in and just kind of bats her eyelashes. And it's like, Hey, Enzo. And then he just she, like, she goes, Enzo, how are you doing? And Enzo's just sort of like stunned. But what? And then she's like, I'll see you later. Wink, walk out of frame. Enzo is left standing there, confused like us, as to what the fuck is going and on. And she would not see him later that night either. Well, th- we have mentioned before, it's going to be a while 
until WWE has a pay-per-view for Raw. Yes. So a long time. This is definitely one of those filler stories that can pad out Raw. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, you could definitely see this being uh a main plot for an entire episode over the next month. Sure. Like one night where Enzo's trying to run away from Nia backstage or something. Who knows? Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak, Mustafa Ali, and Tony Nice have a fatal four-way. Yep, the second one to determine the second uh, competitor who will challenge Rich Swan for the number one contendership. Hey, Nico, pause, pause your feet for, for just one second. I want to get your opinion on this match. Nico, what did you what did you think? I mean, you're somebody who we had you on a couple weeks ago when you first got here to New York. Um, and by the way, Nico will be departing us this uh monday yeah so you won't even get to see raw with us again bummer but he'll be back in march and maybe he'll be back on the podcast more often Mm -hmm. um but you you actually you really loved this cruiserweight segment from what i gathered yeah i love cruiserweights and i thought that it was a really really exciting match to watch like there were lots of really cool um like acrobatic maneuvers like at one point one guy uh jumped over the top ring and did a flip and took out two guys on the bottom. I don't know mm-hmm. the, the the move names at That's all. Fine. That's fine. Um, and then what was that like standing Spanish fly that was really cool? Fly, and then standing there was a fly. top rope standing Spanish fly. Same. Right. They were both really cool. And I think there was also some sort of like uh superplex off of the turnbuckle that was really cool. Um, and the cruiserweights are just my favorite division to watch because of how mobile and how fast and how quick they are and i there were two fighters in particular who i really liked bob knows their names because i don't uh i'm assuming it's probably mustafa ali mustafa ali and and cedric Cedric Alexander, alexander probably yeah cedric alexander i thought was the coolest and mustafa ali i thought was really great too but those two combined had amazing moves now the guy who won like gulak drew gulak yeah drew gulak like I mean, he's okay or whatever. Like I, Bob explained to me that he's his whole no fly zone thing, and he doesn't want cruiserweights to be like flying around, which I think is the coolest part of cruiserweights. But he's a heel, that's, right? That's the point, right? 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 So I I can like get behind that as like a character thing or whatever. But he was the least interesting person to me until he won and wanted to do a PowerPoint presentation, which I thought was pretty funny. There you go. Yeah. So you you would watch something like two hundred five live. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love the cruiserweights. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for your input, Nico. I'll oh. let you get back to your uh, your FIFA. All right, and let Bob get back to uh, being on the podcast. <laughs> there he is. Oh yeah. Um, I I like Gulak winning. I think that uh, gives a lot of interesting. Now, obviously, that's me marking or not marking uh smarking out smarking and, you know saying oh i'm i'm happy Gula. i mean obviously in terms of who i like the most i would have really liked to see mustafa ali get a shot at the title uh-huh. um but i think it's an interesting opportunity for them to do something creative and i think i was talking to you about this off air before we started recording the idea of pulling a like uh Jarrett versus hogan and having gulak just sort of lay down for Enzo, yeah. um, and the possibility of him regretting that later and turning face, possibly, because it seems like the crowd's sort of into the PowerPoint thing. They definitely popped when he mentioned it, um, even if it was just a, like, yay to the idea of it, but not the practical, you know, execution of it. We don't actually want to watch PowerPoints. 
So who knows? But a uh, good match. So Gulak wins, and uh, Braun comes out. And he, he interrupts. He interrupts Elias. Elias was doing his music, you know, shitting on L.A. And Braun is definitely the hero that we need. He's not the hero we deserve. He is so much better than we deserve. But Braun comes out and absolutely just, just fucking annihilates the Drifter. I mean, the Drifter gets a little bit of offense in, but when he smashes the guitar on Braun and Braun no-sells it and then goes back to just destroying the Drifter, mm-hmm. I mean, this, look, this made Braun look so powerful. And then Kane came out on the monitor, not out on the stage, he came on the monitor and uh, informed him, you know, you've been a monster among men. But have you been a monster among monsters? Hi, I'm Glenn Jacobs, and I want to be your mayor of Knox County. Ten- oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting these things confused. That's separate. He's a demon in the, in the sheets, but a potential mayor in, in the streets. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, so Roman is in the locker room area. He talks to De- Seth and Dean. And, uh, you know, Dean, wacky Dean, oh, wacky Dean, back from his honeymoon. We have a match tonight. (laughs) And then Seth's like, are you serious, man? You knew we had a match tonight. The championship match. And Dean's like, oh, man, you know, I'm just kidding. I knew we had a championship and I'm also pumped for it. And then Seth's like, (laughs) and Roman's like, you guys, but I'm the guy, but you guys, (laughs) Roman Reigns. And then uh, that was the end of the segment. (laughs) That's exactly how it went, too, which is sad. (laughs) But that's a literal, like, uh, that that would be like... uh, for someone who couldn't, you know, couldn't see what was going on, a perfect explanation. Uh, Alicia Fox, Alicia Fox, Alicia. She takes on Oscar, and she also, like Dana Brooke, has a very "I'm going to lose this match in a second video promo that they played over the top of her entrance, where she was wearing a kooky hat and explaining how she's going to beat Oscar and end her streak. Uh-huh. Asuka wins in a comically short match. It was it was a, a super squasher. Yeah, I mean it was that's very what short. they're building her up into. Uh so Asuka wins. Then Paige's music hits and Absolution comes back down to the ring. And they do another stand up. Uh so Asuka leaves the ring, which I can't tell if I feel like it's smart or cowardly. I hope that they're trying to build it up as smart. But it kind of feels like if Oscar's such a badass, she'd go at him as opposed to running away. But yeah. Oscar was never Oscar was never really a straight up face or heel in NXT either. She would sometimes take cheap shots, but she was so charismatic that she was always over. So I don't know. Then Paige tells Alicia Fox, "Hey, Alicia Fox, you're my best friend here in WWE. You know, we take selfies together." I'm not going to hurt you, but my Tommy gun ain't. And then unleashes the Absolution girls on him, and Mandy and uh, Sonya beat up Alicia Fox, and then they leave. Uh huh. 
Bo Dallas versus Finn Balor. Balor. Bo Bo got a little bit in. He did. He but, didn't look terrible. But Finn but, wins. Uh, it's a good match. Didn't look great. It was a good match for a Bo Dallas match at this point in his career. For so with what is probably the biggest moment of the night for most of us. Biggest moment. We come back and we hear. Listen here, Matt Hardy. I'm Bray Wyatt, and you don't know what's coming for you when the sun is high in the sky and the vultures circle around the fox. Are you in the woods with the sheep, man? <laughs> or are you with the wolves in the county crossing? Are you waiting for those deer to cross that road? Or is your truck just too bad? And then all of a sudden he gets cut off by, yes. And in a stark contrast of production qualities, which to me feels like a direct shout out that they're going to keep fucking the shitty, the shitty horror campiness. I'm down with it. Did you notice how Bray had the like cinema quality? Oh shit? yeah, back with the moody lighting and like the fog, and, and then Matt's shit was literally like in a, him crafty. He was like a crafty in yeah, front of a blue like, towel. Yeah, and then, like a sheet and really harsh fluorescent lighting too. Like uh-huh. really harsh lighting on him. Um. So he comes back and, uh, man, he starts going, cutting his own promo about how he was like alive a millennia ago and that, uh, he has always been on this earth in the, in the temples of Alexandria. Uh, and they cut back and forth between Wyatt's promo and Matt's promo. And then he says, but you, Bray Wyatt have woken. Me inside of this vessel known to you as Matthew Hardy. Uh-huh. And so he is now woken Matt Hardy, uh-huh. which, you know what? When I heard woke Matt Hardy a couple weeks ago, I said, oh, no, they're going to ruin everything about this fucking gimmick. When they bring it back, they're going to ruin it. They're going to WWE the fuck out of it. But to be honest, I was not mad at the woken aspect of this is some sort of super extraterrestrial being inside of Matt Hardy, and he has been woken. Yeah, well, I'm into funny. it. It's good. It was a very fun promo back and forth. And Nico, real quick, you you have never you had never uh, seen any Matt Hardy except for uh, two point Yeah, that was the last one you saw. That was years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I know that after this all happened, I wound up showing you Final Deletion, but your reaction to seeing it for the first time with no context for who Broken Matt or Woken Matt is, what was it? I thought that it was really interesting. You did give me a little bit of setup right before it came on. You're like, Nico, if what I think is about to happen is going to happen, just know that it's a good thing and Bob and I are going to like it and you're going to be very confused, but it's good. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. Accurate. And then... I loved it pretty much. Like the character was very interesting. It was very strange. Had you not given me that warning, I would have lost my mind and been very, very confused. Very uh, fair. But he's just a big weirdo and it's very fascinating to me. Oh, it's very fascinating. And hopefully WWE lets him do a lot of the kind of stuff he did in TNA with it, with him back home with, with Reba, uh, Rebby and uh, Maxel. And Senior Benjamin, the Vanguard One Twitter is active again. So mm. uh, it it put out a tweet. 
Yeah, it basically uh, thanking you. Right. Oh, no, no. The last thing that I just wanted to say is now, like, so years of wrestling has passed and and I'm sure that things have changed. But I like that Matt is sort of like his own person now, because back when I was watching, he was like Jeff's sidekick, basically. Fair. That's a very fair analysis of old, old Jeff Hardy or Jeff, uh, Jeff and Matt dynamic. Right. Um, But yeah, no, it definitely is good to see Matt having some showcase on him because he's always been a great performer right uh, thanks nico i'll let you get back to your fifa so the, whoa, the vanguard whoa, one twitter whoa, be though. <laughs> thanks bob Google. the vanguard one twitter came back online god damn it bob. <laughs> came back online with uh like a tweet like booting up uh-huh. scanning uh-huh <clears throat> uh, and that was a few hours before raw what it was it was what so uh Bro, uh, I'm sorry. Woken, Matt. Sentences break to deletion. <laughs> then the Shield makes their entrance. It's the Bar versus the Shield for the WWE Tag Team Raw Championship. Never seen this match, but oh dear. And uh, it was a good match. It was fine. It was a pretty good match. Um, so at the end, the Shield won by disqualification. Uh, after, you know, both Seamus and Cesaro are attacking the rings. They call for the DQ, and then Kurt comes back out and goes, hey, that's not how this is going down. This is now a no disqualifications match. No, no, no. Uh, so they get back in the ring. They're fighting. Samoa Joe runs in and hits a Larry down Seth. Yuranagi uh, on Ambrose. And then Roman comes in, and he Superman punches people. And he's chasing away Samoa Joe, but he doesn't realize that in the background behind him, Brogue Kick, then uh, Cesaro pins Ambrose, and uh, they retain. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting thing to, you know, when they called for restarting the match with the no DQ, it felt very much like they're getting the tag team championship belts. That uh-huh. it very much felt like, okay, this is it. This is how the shield wins. Um, and it was interesting to see Roman come in for the save, but because of his, sh- his own bullshit with Joe, he wasn't paying attention close enough to actually help them win. And that was raw. And there it was. It was a pretty good show. I mean, it was, um, it, it definitely dragged a little bit, but there was enough cool stuff that happened on the show. The, the woke and Matt thing was very exciting in the third hour. Uh, the 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 absolution stuff was pretty good. The Naya thing is weird, but we'll see what they do with it. Uh huh. And I thought it was a strong match to close out the show. Strong match to close out the show. On to SmackDown Live. SmackDown. But what happened on SmackDown? So SmackDown Live was live from the Valley View Casino Center in San Diego, California. Whoa, SmackDown Live was live live what? on a Tuesday night. I don't, I don't, I don't. When is Clash of Champions? Was this was not the go home? Was it? No, Clash of Champions is the seventeenth. Oh right, blah, blah, that blah, means blah, I'm gonna miss it. Gonna get it next week. We're gonna have to. Record. And then you're going to a dark hole of internet, so you won't even be able to watch it. Pro- Actually, but she has cable, so there's. A chance, maybe. We won't be able to watch the PPV. I could. I mean, I could buy the pay per view. I'm gonna write it it's off. It's gonna on be my Clash taxes. of Champions. It's not gonna be that good. <laughs> write it off on my taxes or something. I'm not looking that forward to it. TBQH. I mean, uh, this is a professional venture. 
So I, I just, it's a tax write off, man. We'll see. Oh, also, speaking of that, we're going to have to record some stuff next week so we have something that uploads over Christmas something break. Something that uploads over Christmas break. Hey! Maybe, maybe we can do a post-evolve special show. Hey, we could record that and post that up next week. And also, uh, you know, I think we still have that thing from Khan drunk two years ago oh, talking Jesus about stealing Christ. that U.S. title belt at a wedding. Um Right. Enough time has passed where you wouldn't mind us posting that. I could probably record some sort of a small package super show. Just like a cut of some of the funniest mo- show. Some of the funniest moments from our previous a episodes. Clip show? Yeah, dude. And it would be it would be exactly seven minutes long and all of the clips would be you being like, dude, can we hurry this fucking up? Okay, we've been going for an hour. I'd like to go home now. It's and it'll just be called the Bob Go Home Show. <laughs> He laughs because it's true. Uh huh. All right. We open up SmackDown Live with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn talking about how They've broken been the system rightfully is. Rightfully wronged and wrongfully righted. Yeah. And they call out Shane McMahon. He's a douchebag. Whoa. They're like, what a dick. Right. Way to steal the spotlight from somebody uh, else. And then. Spoilers for later in the show. Oh, shit. And so Sami Zayn goes up the ramp explaining how he was not at ringside and he very awkwardly goes, oh, yeah. right here. Here's where ringside stops. Right here. Rawr. And it's like, you're like, why is he repeating those words over and over? Like, right here. Right here. And then out of nowhere, completely unforeshadowed by Sami Zayn stalling, was uh, an RKO out of, out, of, out of behind. I mean, it came from somewhere and it was behind him. Uh, I would not say out of nowhere, but out of out of a a vicinity. I eat a cookie. That's fine. Out of a vicinity. Just hold, don't hold the mic up to your mouth while you eat the cookie. Mm. Oh God damn it! Uh, out of a close proximity to Kevin Owens, but outside of the range of his peripheral vision. Not nowhere, but out of there. You know what? And then uh, we we find out from uh, Shane McMahon that later in the night, Sami Zayn is gonna have to fight Randall Orton. Man. And Kevin Owens is not barred from ringside. In <laughs> fact, it's the opposite. He's going to be handcuffed to the ring ropes. Uh, and that Ran- that's a good idea. I don't know what the logic is there. And Randy, you know, I think it makes more logic than banning someone from ringside. Because if they're handcuffed to the ring ropes, there's a better chance that they can't directly interfere in the match because they're stuck. Yeah, that's fine and dandy, but handcuff them someplace not literally next to the ring where they can still put them in a shark cage. Uh, And that Randy Orton will be picking a tag team opponent to fight both Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at Clash. Oh, champions. We're back from commercial break. And Kevin Owens is freaking out, but he was unconscious from the RKO. So Sami has to fill him in on what's going on. Aiden Are English you just reading somebody's recap right now. Shut your fucking whore at this ass point. Mouth. Give them credit at least. Oh, this is cage sides, but I'm not reading directly from it. I'm just using the list. I'm reading. I'm saying my own words. I'm just looking at the order of the events on here. Sure. Aiden English, Rusev. Aiden English sings a bunch and uh, talks about Rusev Day. He does a 12 days of Rusev Day uh, song when he's interrupted by the New Day. And 
Rusev wins by pinfall. How about that? Rusev gets the W over Kofi Kingston. Right? Like, when was the last time we saw Rusev win? Yeah, it's been a while. And over the New Day. Uh, We see a backstage segment recap of Hype Bros uh, breakup last week and Mojo doing an interview where he is full on heel. Um, And he says that Gronkowski keeps calling him being like, why'd you do it? I'm like, nice plug, bro. Uh, but Mojo, Mojo is uh is his own man. Mojo's Mojo. We get to see Daniel Bryan talking to the women of SmackDown, hearing why Carmella and Tamina both deserve opportunities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then the Riot Squad comes in, and Ruby Riot starts talking about how you know they're the new th- threat, and that. They're really powerful and that they deserve opportunities. Uh-huh. Uh, Liv Morgan says that Daniel Bryan is prejudiced against blondes. And then... And then Sarah Logan opens her fucking mouth. And vomits some southern garbage. She talks about how he's biased against people from the south because he's from some liberal enclave in the Pacific Northwest. And Sarah Logan should be forbidden from doing any spoken things on TV until she gets some more experience on, let's say, live shows or she is finishing dates with NXT. I I honestly wonder if they've let her talk in NXT or if this is the first time that she actually spoke. Yeah, it was I, bad. It she she stumbled over like every word and talked about have, has he ever even eaten game meat? Like, yeah. Like deer. That's that's such a weird thing to say. And also, Daniel Bryan's well known to be a vegan. Yeah. It's, so, I mean it. It was it was pretty bad. It was just weird and uncomfortable. Uh, she she said a couple of, of like Southern sayings like that's that's more in danger than a long tail cat near a rocking chair was one. It was fucking bad, dude. Um, So Daniel Bryan is like, hey, here's an idea. Everyone's going to be, you know, ringside for a lumberjack match and shut the fuck up and get out of my office. Bobby Roode has a backstage moment with Dolph, with uh, not Dolph Ziggler, with with Baron Corbin, and then Dolph Ziggler comes in in some sort of getup that has a lot of camo on it, and it was really weird because they were both like, you know, why is he in our match? Yeah, they were having a, which is a really good question. It was why a, is Dolph Ziggler the perpetual loser in their? U.S. title. It was just funny because Bobby Roode and Baron Corbin were having a conversation where clearly they both don't like each other, but there's just enough respect there for each other as opponents that they're just like, yeah, but I'm going to kick your ass. No, I'm going to kick your ass. But why the fuck is Dolph Ziggler in this match? And then Dolph comes in and is like, did you know that I'm a two-time heavyweight champ and I've won the Intercontinental Championship I don't know, a bunch of times and I was a money in the bank cash in and he cuts a very Steiner esque math promo with percentages. And then is like, and that's why I'm going to win. And it's like, okay, 
And then we had a squash match, two local jobbers versus the Bludgeon Brothers. And those jobbers got squashed. Spoilers, the, the jobbers won. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers bludgeoned them. I really like their moveset. Their moveset is pretty fucking cool. Their outfits are a little weird. The song is pretty cool. I just don't like the big pauses in it that are choreographed for the entrance. And then like they stop when the music stops, which I don't like. Uh but their but their moveset is fantastic. You know, a lot of like I'm gonna pick you up and slam you into my into our opponent. Kind of, you know, interesting using your bodies as weapons. Moveset. So they win with a double crucifix firebomb or double razor's edge, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, and it looked it looked a lot smoother than the last time. The last time, the last time it was really awkward setup. This time it was at least a little. I still don't like it. I no, wish they'd it come doesn't up look with, great. I wish they'd come up with something different. Yes, honestly, you know what it felt like? It felt like it was for the video game. It I felt, could see it. It felt like, hey, this move would be fun in the video game, but no one does it. Let's have a team that does it so we can justify it being in the game. Sure. Um, so that gets us to Sammy and KO in the locker room talking to Daniel Bryan, talking about, oh, man, are you able to convince Daniel Bryan to not have this happen? And Daniel's like, I'll think about it. So Baron Corbin, Bobby Roode gets interrupted by Dolph Ziggler. Oh, Ziggles. So technically, Bobby Roode wins by DQ, but Ziggler got both of them. So, you know, there's that. Uh, he got he got Bobby Roode first, and then he got. Uh, see, I don't Corbin. see how that declares somebody a winner. Like I know by disqualification, what, what, whatever. Like, but how do it so, should be a no contest match? He came in, he fucked both people up. Like just because he punched one person fucking first. Means yeah. that the other person just magically wins. Sort like, of. Like he didn't call in. He didn't call in Ziggler to attack some. Right. Like, you know this wasn't. This isn't a. The referee can't possibly know that, Bob. The uh, referee only sees that. It should. It should just be a no Bobby contest Roo- match. He only sees that Bobby Roode gets hit, so he assumes Ziggler is there to help Corbin. He calls the match. The winner is Bobby Roode by disqualification. And then he also zigzags Corbin. So that's the problem. If the ref could reverse his decision, maybe. But as we know, that cannot happen <laughs> unless it does, in which case it did. Uh, Natalia, Carmella, Tamina, Lana, all Let's talking about welcome squad. All talking about being at ringside, and Natty's just like, hey. Hey, you guys gonna you guys gonna gonna help me, right? Gonna gonna help me? And they're like, nah. And then uh, Riot Squad and you know shit. So Charlotte and Tamina fight in the ring, and everything's going pretty well. Charlotte Flair wins by submission with the figure eight. Uh huh. And how? Natty congratulates Charlotte, but you know she's gonna win the title. And so she had a couple of her friends down at ringside was like, oh, it's going to be a taste of the lumberjack match. But then the riot squad comes out and they fucking let what's her name. I've already forgotten her name. There's Ruby riot and uh, Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan. That's the one who shouldn't talk. Southern one. And why am I forgetting the the third uh, one? Because she's pretty good. 
whatever her face. <laughs> that's that's not good. Liv Morgan. That's Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan's really good. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'd go with really. <laughs> she was good in NXT. We'll but they let they let Sarah Logan talk again, and I'm just uh, please stop that. Don't don't let that happen anymore. Okay, Logan is just terrible. And then they brawl, and then Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens see Daniel Bryan, uh, and Daniel Bryan's like, "Hey, we're still locking you up." So they they shackle up Kevin Owens to the ring ropes. Randy uh-huh. Orton and Sami Zayn have a match. Uh-huh. It's pretty. It's pretty good. It's okay. Uh, Randy Orton is dangerous as Randy. fuck when it comes to the goddamn monitors. Oh, dude. He didn't yeah. pull any monitors before doing a fucking table spot with Sammy. He does that all the time. And it's really not cool, dude, because you could really hurt somebody by not pulling those fucking monitors out. And one of them just got crunched. So hopefully Sammy's okay. Although uh, Alvarez on Wrestling Observer was talking about an interesting theory of, hey, what if the reason that they let uh, KO take the Kenda stick beating and Sammy take the no monitor pull out table spot mm-hmm. was all stemming from the locker room being pissed out that they left the ring early that time against the New Day. <sighs> that this could be some sort of wrestler's court style backstage politicking like, okay, well, if you're going to be like that, then we're going to be like this. I guess, but oh. it would really suck if that was the case. Sure. Um, but I, I hope, I hope not. Um, that would be really unfortunate, but in any case, um, Sammy Zane, uh, managed to get bolt cutters mm-hmm. and free Kevin Owens. No way. Oh man. I know. No way. You're like, Oh God, thought that a dude who and, was stuck at ringside would have ended up getting involved in the man. And yet somehow, and yet somehow Randy Orton wins. With a schoolboy roll-up leverage pin, and it was ugly. I didn't really much care for the ending. It felt, especially considering that he missed an RKO, and then almost got hit with the Luva kick, but then just managed to roll him up, and it was fine. And then KO attacks him, and then Sammy joins in, and then who comes out but Shinsuke Nakamura? He comes out, he hits him. Then there's an RKO, and then Orton and Nakamura take turns beating up Sammy and Kevin. And then at the end, Randy's like, hey, you doing anything at Clash of Champions? And Nakamura's like, no. And they shake hands, so they're going to be partners. And then he gets one more completely unprotected Kinshasa on on uh, on uh, Zane, and then Owens, and then it cuts to backstage. And so far, Daniel and Brian and Shane McMahon have seemed like they're on the same page. But then when Daniel Bryan's like, see, and now we're done punishing them. We did enough. And Shane McMahon's like, no, because if they lose to Orton and Nakamura, they're not just fired from SmackDown. They're fired from WWE, which makes no sense, because if they really are still competing with each other, Raw would totally be like, yeah, we're taking them. Yeah. But regardless, Daniel Bryan did not look pleased with that statement. Well, no, and then Shane was like, oh, by the way, I'm also going to be in the match. Oh, yeah, he's the ref. As the guest ref. And so Shane's like, or uh, Daniel's just like, fucking again? He keeps putting himself in these fucking matches? Like, yep. 
That's, I think, what is really going to drive home for Daniel about how Shane is just, like, hogging the fucking spotlight. It's true! Anyway, so that was SmackDown. Um, wrestling news. Do you have anything you want to talk about this week? Uh, I can go looking, but uh, you, the, you got some stuff. The, I know. the only thing that I have right now to talk about is that a cor- uh, as per CBS... CBS. Ronda Rousey and WWE are reportedly finalizing details for her move into professional mm, wrestling. Yes, the Rousey business. And so she's been meeting with them uh, for the past few months. Um, and she's been talking to them about transitioning and doing some them, some stuff in WWE. Dana White uh, shared his hope that she no longer wants to step inside the octagon. Um. And that's, you know, sucks because Ronda was, has been great in MMA. Uh, obviously, her last two matches didn't go well, but it's two matches. But that being said, she's beloved by the WWE crowd. And you know that she would immediately get over if she came to WWE. Mm-hmm. She's been spotted training with a lot of WWE people. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of hopes that this is real and not just speculation. These are all reports and rumors, as we know, but who knows, man? We could, it could happen. We could have Ronda Rousey finally coming in. So I would be stoked about that. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. We have uh, Harper, Luke Harper. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Um, he was sent home from SmackDown Live events recently. And you want to know why? Why? Because his wife has a baby, a baby boy, a oh, little baby boy, little baby Harper. Congratulations. So, good job. Good job, Harper. And uh, congrats. And you're a pop now. If you weren't already, I don't know. But Big, uh, you're definitely a pop now. Hey, it's Saturday. You know what that means. Yeah. Um. For uh, outside of the squared circle, uh-huh. for all of you Arrow fans, Uh-oh. Uh, Stephen Amell is trying to get the entire Bullet Club onto Arrow. That would be dope. I like how they keep trying to bring him into Bullet Club and like wrestling things. Yeah, also, well, he just had a match not too long and ago. He, and it was great. Did you watch it? Not the whole thing, but it, I saw the b- big ending spot. He was, he was pretty good, man. Um. So, you know, we've talked before about how Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are trying to have this 10,000 seat mm-hmm. event. Um, so that'll be definitely cool. Maybe they get Stephen Amell to be at that. It would definitely help them, um, you know, uh, get more tickets sold, I feel mm-hmm. like. Star power. Uh, speaking of star power, huge transition. Uh-huh. Uh, another outside of the squared circle thing. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson to receive uh-huh. a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is interesting because usually that happens later in your career. But you can't. When you're the biggest box office draw for like three years in a row, that's hard to. Well, yeah, but I'm saying that usually people when people get their star. It's well after their prime. Sure. Most people don't get their star till they're like retiring. Uh-huh. And it just says a lot about the rock star power that they're like, dude, we got to get this guy a star now. Right now. He needs it. Uh, uh, as per Sports Bleacher Nation, 
That's not right. SB Nation? Oh, okay. SB Nation. It, isn't sure. isn't that wasn't it sports Is it bleacher? Sports bleacher I thought that's what I SB I thought that's what At SB said. No, that SB Nation. No, no, no. Um but also, you know, okay. Well, uh Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss became the first women to wrestle in Abu Dhabi. That is incorrect. That article is incorrect? Yeah. It's WWE revisionist fucking history. Is it really? Yeah. Reports say that there's like local promotions there that have women's matches all the time. Mm. And for a fact, there was a women's match uh, when TNA did it in 2010. So seven years ago, at least, there was a women's match. Hmm. And Sasha Banks and Elite and uh, Alexa, Bliss. Alexa Bliss had like the their alt outfits on the full body suits because they couldn't show anything but their hands and their yeah places. TNAs didn't huh so history all you want but it's fucking false <laughs> well perhaps it was maybe the first WWE women's match. I mean, yes, it is the first WWE women's match, but they're hailing it as like a groundbreaking thing for women everywhere all the time. Well, when that's, that's it fair. is outright a lie. I, I, I'm saying it's fair what you're saying. Yes, yeah. that's, that's fair. But, you know, maybe they're just mischaracterizing it, but it definitely well, sounds yeah, better. But that's that way. totally a thing that WWE does. Sure. Just look at their look at any given events. Uh, attendance numbers, right? Those are all lies. So that WWE can make themselves look well. Better. Look, man, we've been we've been going for about fifty minutes here. If you got something else, I got nothing. I'm, I'm I deaf. do. Okay, uh, it is evolve ninety six tonight. Uh-huh. I got the card here. We can oh, we can do snap. a quick little quick little preview of the show tonight. Let's do it. I may not know everybody on there because it's been a while since I've seen evolve content. Yes, uh, bell time is at eight. Doors are at seven thirty. I believe that so we got about three and a half hours here. Um, so yeah, here's the thing: is that uh, they they do like if you want to text Josh while I go. I did already. This. Oh, nice. Uh, they do like um, or they're planning on doing a revamp of how they present their shows, mm-hmm. uh, and they're also toying around with um, some new rules. Uh, influenced by MMA, their their so, fallout was not with WWN, was it? No, their their fallout was with the streaming service. Was with Flow Sports. Flow Sports. Okay. Yes. No. So um. So the let's do it. There's going to be three prelim matches, which will okay. apparently have ten minute time limits. Sure. Um, those will include, they don't even specifically mention them. They include Jarek 120, Shane Mercer, and other top upcoming talent. Sure. Uh, there's a special attraction match with Jason Kincaid versus AR Fox. Okay. AR Fox has, uh, was in Evolve for a while, did other things, and is now back. Okay. I know Kincaid, though. Kincaid's fun. Uh, here's the match I'm arguably most looking forward to uh darby allen versus austin theory with priscilla kelly that'll be um, fun theory is a young up-and-comer has had some amazing matches already i, I wonder if he's I still heel darby uh, he turned heel the last time we saw him yeah i believe uh his pairing with uh priscilla is a heel pairing oh wait austin's with priscilla yes because uh, priscilla was with darby 
I, a little bit, for, yeah. For a while. It seems like she was kind of going around like trying to court a guy, and then okay. she settled on Austin Theory. There you go. Um, a non-title special attraction match uh, involved champ Zack Sabre Jr. versus DJZ. Okay, that'll be cool. It'll be a fun match. Uh, here's, here's what I was mentioning earlier. Uh, they're trying a new approach to wrestling. They're having a no rope break match, uh, inspired by uh, MMA. How if you get them up against the cage walls, they don't count you out like it's a buy. Sure. Like that's an antiquated rule in wrestling, and we're trying to keep things fresh and relevant. Sure. Um. So that's Matt Riddle versus Fred Yehi in a oh, no rope breaks match. That'll be interesting. Um. Then we have an evolved tag team match: Jaka and Tracy Hot Sauce Williams with Stokely Hathaway. Wait, no, Chris Dickinson. Nope, those are the champs right now, I guess. Huh. Cause Tra because Tracy well, Tracy didn't turn, Fred turned. But Chris Dickinson was with uh Zaka. Yeah, maybe they're doing some kind of freebirding thing, but I don't know. Jaka and Tracy are defending versus James and James Drake and Anthony Henry. Okay. Uh that brings us to the main event of the night, which I am super looking forward to. WWN Championship match. Uh, Keith Lee defends against Walter. You have not seen Walter not. before, but he was at the last Evolve show when they were back out at uh, Elmcourt Center. I heard he's a big man. He is a big German dude. Um, he's okay. done stuff uh, in England. He was the Atlas champ for a while. Sure. Um, That'll be that'll be a Haas versus Haas big bout. Well, I don't want to make any predictions because there's a lot of those matches where I don't know the other half, like the other person. Yeah, but it's going to be a great event. And I'm going to upload this in just a minute, so it'll be up a few hours before the Evolve show. Uh, so if you're listening to this on Saturday night when it's going up, uh, make sure to check out our Facebook, facebook.com backslash small package pod for podcast. Yep. Uh, that is where we post a lot of stuff when we go to Evolve shows. I'm going to take some pictures and uh, maybe post a little live video outside the event. Mm -hmm. uh, you can follow Bob on Twitter at Bob Peckety. I almost said Sco Soldier Scuzzy, but no, that is your Instagram. Instagram. Soldier Scuzzy, you can follow on Instagram, and that's where Bob reviews sodas. Yeah. It's pretty good shit. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and sometimes it's bad, but well, you know what I mean. Hey, hey. you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Snapchat at CB Pointexter. Uh, you can follow both of us on Twitter at Small Package POD POD for podcast. Uh, and hey, if you tweet at us, we'll try to read it on the show. We almost definitely will read it on the show. Uh huh. Uh, and I already mentioned the Facebook. All right, this was episode seventy, of the Small Package Show. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll be back next week, and and after next week's show, we're going to be on a little Christmas break, so we're going to try to pre-record some content, so we have some stuff scheduled to upload while we're away. Uh huh. But next week will be the last episode, probably of this year, of new stuff. There's a decent chance it'll be the last one uh -huh. for this year. Uh, so with that said, uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't wind up tuning in next week, have a merry Christmas and a happy New Year. And we'll be back next week with the Small Package Show. Small Package! Bye!